Hello everyone, my name is Rachel and I'm going to share today's teaching text with you all. Firstly, in Matthew 5 verses 13 to 15 it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And then secondly, in Acts 2 verses 42 to 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It is so good to be in church today. I want to echo a happy Father's Day to all the dads. And we have got uh, gifts in our campuses, all our campuses. And we are joined for this message today by all of our campuses. And we do want to give a big shout out to Darby, who will be back in physical services. Uh, come on. Yeah. So that means that all our six campuses will be operating normally, well, normally, almost normally, from next week, which is fantastic. And uh, we're still looking forward to those restrictions. And super excited, we'd planned to have a worship night at the end of restrictions, which was next Sunday. And we thought, it, it's been delayed, but we can still have a worship night, can't we? So next Sunday evening, 6 p.m., all the churches invited, our Chesterfield campus, we're just going to have a night of worship. And like total worship, and we're just going to worship God, thank Him for His goodness, thank Him for His faithfulness, lift the roof, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, Amen. Well, uh, today, I don't know if you know, is World Refugee Day, and there are 26 million people actually displaced across the world uh, at this time. You see, COVID didn't stop wars. It didn't stop troubles. Um, but what it did do is shut many of the roads for safe passage for these people. And today, we're starting a new series called City on a Hill. Because the church, I believe, in our world right now needs to shine like never before. A city, the church needs to be a city that shines bright for all to see and for the world. In 1984, 1985, I went to Bible college, and I was residential. I lived in, and I studied for a couple of years in Bible college. And one of the things I would enjoy at the end of the day after lectures, I'd enjoy the lectures. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy the chores, cleaning toilets, doing things like that. But anyway, I'd have my day. But after a day of cleaning toilets, showers, lectures, I would enjoy common room theological debates. Uh, now, stick with me. And the hottest debate back then, 1984, 1985, was this. Can a person lose their salvation? Can a person, once they've come to faith, lose that faith? 
I used to love these discussions, not just about that, but I used to love the discussions around theology. Um, they, they were sometimes heated, they were always animated, and sometimes very intense, and I loved it. Sometimes I would argue what I didn't believe just to try and confuse people and just to kind of, kind of give myself a challenge as to did I really believe what I really believed, if you know what I mean. Uh, and so, But today I see a big problem with the discussion we used to have. I see a big problem, and it's this. What if the salvation we were talking about in the common room was not really the salvation the biblical writers were writing about 2,000 years ago. Or our idea of what it means to be saved is incomplete or not full. Maybe we were talking about apples, or we thought we were talking about apples, and we wanted to talk about apples, but we were actually talking bananas. And I think this is important for us. Because in the verses in Acts, and when we start to consider a city on a hill, in the verses in Acts that we read, we see the priority of these first Christians was salvation. That actually the result of their preaching and their teaching, the result of their worship together, the outcome of their gatherings was that people were saved and came to salvation. In fact, verse 47 that Rachel just read says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Salvation was a priority. It was a priority for these people. And a church that is a city on a hill is a place of salvation. It's a place of rescue. The, the priority of the church is to preach the good news of the kingdom of God and to see people added to their community and join with them as followers of Jesus in a life of discipleship. So the title of part one, City on a Hill, part one is priority. The priority of salvation, the priority of being saved. But we probably need to ask two questions this morning. Firstly, what is the good news? What's the good news that they proclaimed and what does saved really mean? Well, I've drawn a little diagram for you. I hope you can see it that I'll explain to it. The top of this diagram is kind of the modern view or the popular view, a view that's become popular in the last few hundred years, and that here we are on earth, and there's me with my arms raised, and there's Jesus, and there's this question mark, what will I do with Jesus? Will I receive Jesus? Will I accept him? And that, if I accept Jesus, leads me to this passport moment where I've prayed a prayer. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Or, you know, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today because I know that I need you. It's a great moment, isn't it, of prayer. Or I believe certain things in that moment. Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. He's the only way for me to have eternal life. And I, I, I have this moment in my life where I make a decision, I pray a prayer, or I believe some things, maybe as a result. And that gives me a ticket, not to a false concert at Rock City in oh, 2013. It's not my ticket, it's Nathan. But actually it gives me the pass to heaven. So that I go to heaven when I die, as opposed to going to hell. That's the popular view. And in many ways, that's part of the gospel. But the, and that's the gospel we were talking about. But that is not 
the gospel the biblical writers were writing about. Or at least it's not all of the gospel. The biblical view of the gospel is what I've tried to communicate in the bottom illustration. That here we are on earth and we live in a fallen world, a broken world, a sinful world. And there's me. And I need to make a response to Jesus. Will I follow him? Will I say yes to him? Will I invite him into my life? And if I say yes, in that moment, I am placed in a community, a rescued community known as the church. And the, and the gospel, the good news is the king of the kingdom of God, is that that community is meant to bring heaven to earth now and to get the hell out of here. Do you understand? Can you see what's happening? That that community is continually meant to be bringing heaven to earth now and to push the hell out of this broken and fallen world. And that experience of heaven begins now, not then in the future. It begins now and can continue then for eternal life in a new heaven and a new earth. That's the gospel that the New Testament writers were talking about, not just, have I got a ticket, and can I lose it, or is it permanently there? Uh, John Ortberg puts it like this, Jesus' gospel contrasts two ways of thinking. The more common version is thought to involve how people ensure they will go to heaven when they die. It's about how to go from down here to up there, But the other understanding is that the gospel, the good news, announces the availability of life under God's reign and power now. It's up there coming down here now. You know, and I would would add, Jesus said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our good news, our gospel is that Jesus has brought God's reign from up there to down here. And the gospel is an invitation to experience that, to experience that reign through a relationship with Jesus and being saved from the fallen state of our world. Our good news is that we can live under God's rule and God's reign now. And we can know his power and the kingdom of God and the power of that kingdom now and for eternity. This is the good news of the kingdom of God. Anybody glad about that today? So am I saved? Because it said the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. Well, the quick answer is, if I'm following Jesus, yes, But I'm not just saved, I'm still being saved. Because I'm on on a continuous journey of the kingdom of God coming into my life and the kingdom of God coming through me. In fact, I'm not just being saved once, I'm continually, daily, being renewed and being saved by God. In fact, Paul in Ephesians 2, uh, I won't read it, but he talks about three things that we're being saved from. Uh, And yes, Jesus wants to save Christians. That's a great title for a book. In fact, a friend of mine did write one called that. You see, because for those early Christians, salvation was this ongoing life in the community of believers, this ongoing life of following Jesus and living under God's reign in God's kingdom. 
And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, there's three things that I'm continually being saved from. The first is the world. I'm being saved from the world, its ideas, its philosophies, the prevailing views and trends and actions of the world. The, the actions and thoughts and the ways of the world that are opposed to God's kingdom. I'm being rescued from that. And the reason I'm being rescued from that is that that, despite what it looks like, does not lead to human flourishing. Sometimes it comes with all bells and whistles and sparkles and looks incredible, the ideas of the world. Of course we would think like this. Of course we would act like this. And it comes and it looks so attractive. But if it's opposed to the kingdom of God, ultimately it doesn't lead to human flourishing. And so Jesus wants to save me today as a Christian from the world. Paul puts it like this, don't conform to the spirit of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because the kingdom of God is what leads to human flourishing. Uh, I've got a little quote here. We have little trouble choosing heaven over hell. But we have a lot of trouble choosing heaven over earth. Because our world offers lots of stuff that seems plausible and good and great. We need rescue from the world. The second thing is, well, Paul calls it the flesh, but I'm going to call it me, self. I need saving from me. Does anybody else need saving from me? No, don't say that. But does anybody else need saving from themselves? You see, Jesus wants to save me, Paul, from Paul. Hope that doesn't sound too weird because sometimes my desires don't line up with God's desires. Sometimes I've got idols. I've got stuff I put before Jesus and I need rescuing. Why do I need rescuing? Because my desires, my things, the stuff I elevate do not lead to the life that God has for me and the best life and human flourishing. They actually lead into another place. If I live in a way that's not centered around God and his kingdom, I find that ultimately that hurts me. And ultimately it hurts others. And ultimately it hurts the whole world. But Jesus said, I've come to give you, Paul, life. And life in its fullness. And sometimes I need saving from me. And sometimes you need saving from you. And the good thing is that Jesus saves <laughs> Isn't that good? Jesus saves. Oh, you know, the Apostle Paul had this struggle. He knew he had to be kind of saved from himself. And he, he has this thing in Romans 7 where he says, I want to do good, but I don't do good. And even when I want to do good, I find evils present with me and I end up doing bad. But I've got this desire to do good, but I never manage to do good. Who's going to save me from myself? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Well, the last thing Paul says in that Ephesians passage we need saving from is the devil, from evil. That actually, there's evil in our world, and it's not just humans doing bad stuff, but there are forces of evil. And that's why Jesus said to us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. You know, I believe today that salvation, I am saved, but I am also being saved. And that God wants to 
continue. And I'm going to tell you in a moment why that's important. You know, this pandemic, I believe, has created a vacuum. And when, it, when there's ever a vacuum in society or when there's ever a vacuum in the world, forces run in to fill it. Ideas, thoughts, philosophies. And I believe unless the church proclaims the good news in this moment of the kingdom, unless we are a city shining as bright as we can with the good news message in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe stuff is going to fill this vacuum that is only going to harm our world and our societies. You see, modern life is filled and could be filled with a range of things that ultimately will not lead to human flourishing. Um, 28 million people still displaced around the world and things like that. We are not so advanced in 2021 that our ideas and that the things we choose actually bring life and not destruction. In fact, our potential to decide ourselves what is good, our thoughts, our ideologies, our practices, things like just wars, etc., etc., our potential show, shows us, our history shows us that often our choices in humanity prove damaging. Even the choices we make that we think, this will be good, like just war, this will be good, etc., actually prove damaging. And you know, the, our ability to damage is legendary. We've been doing it ever since humans have walked to the earth. And I believe COVID has created a vacuum that many forces will rush in. And I think it's already happening. So it's time. It's time. Let me say that prophetically. It's time. Let me say that to everybody watching online today. So welcome. It's so good that many people watch online each week. It's time for us to be the city on a hill that shines bright in our world. The church must be the city that's time. It's not time to retreat. It's not, it's not time to slow down. It's not time to, um, you know, um, make our vision smaller. I was thinking, trying to think of a word that wasn't there. You know, it's not time to deconstruct our, our vision and make it smaller. It's a time to advance and be a city on a hill. Here's a couple of things about a city on a hill couple of observations. The first is a city on a hill is a city of refuge. It's a city of refuge. You know, three and a half thousand years ago when uh, the tribal nation of Israel, the tribal family, really, of Jacob, have uh, had 400 years of slavery in Egypt, and then they've, had, they've escaped Pharaoh, and they've been in the wilderness for 40 years, and they come into the promised land, and uh, they've crossed the Jordan, and they begin to settle God speaks to Joshua and he says, I want you to set up cities of refuge. And they actually set up six cities in Israel of refuge. These were cities that were uh, at most a day's journey away for any person. So wherever you were in the land, you could get to a city of safety, a city of refuge from within a day. And they were places where if you went to that place, if you fled to that place, you would be saved from the enemy. You, maybe somebody was seeking vengeance for something you'd done and you wanted to be justly judged. You could flee to a city of refuge and if you got there, you could be protected in that place. It's where if you were accused, 
you could be saved from, from accusation and condemnation, just like, just like us. You know, Romans 3.23 says about us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That there's this sense where we know that we are sinners and we need saving, we need refuge, we need safety. And the church, the, the gospel is that place, that city of refuge. These cities were places of grace. They were, they were places of grace, they were places of justice, and they were places of restoration for people too. Cities of refuge. And a city on a hill is a city of refuge. These places were also available and accessible to anyone. You didn't have to be um, a Hebrew. You didn't have to be Jewish. You didn't have to be part of this family of Abraham. It, even if you were living in the land and you were an alien, a foreigner, you know, not part of that tribe, not part of that company, you could go to that city and you could have the same privileges in that city. Well, isn't that a picture of the gospel? And isn't that a picture of the church that every tongue, every nation, every tribe is welcome in? We say it here, don't we, at Icon Church, that even if you don't believe yet, you can belong because the church is a city on a hill, a city of refuge. Jesus said, Matthew, sorry, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. There's people you and I like because they're like us. And then there are people that we might not like as much because they're not like us. But Jesus said, I want you to preach the good news to them too. Because salvation is for every creature. We want Icon Church to be heaven's welcome map for all of humanity. A city of refuge. A place where you can belong. A place where you can be safe. And a place where you can be restored. A city on a hill is also a community of salvation. Notice in that second diagram of being saved, actually being saved brings you into a community. A community of salvation. We're saved now. We're being saved now. And we will be saved for all eternity. Our yes to Jesus, our decision to follow him, that's the start. That's the entrance through the door. But then many of us have been baptized as a testimony. And when we're baptized, what question are we asked? Do you confess that Jesus is Lord? In other words, are you confessing that you are going to live under that reign of God's kingdom now and then live forever. And also when we're baptized, we're baptized and welcomed into the community of faith, the community of believers, the church. And together, we're on a journey of being saved. Salvation is not just personal. It's communal. Together we're on a journey of being saved. So yeah, I need to be rescued from the world. I need to be rescued from myself. I need to be rescued from the devil. But we together are on that journey too of being saved. Being saved is the lifelong and eternity long following of Jesus as his disciple in the community of the saints. I don't know if you're sat with anybody at home, but if you're in any of our campuses and you're sat next to somebody, why don't you turn to them and say, did you know you're a saint? Tell them their name, Saint Jeannie. 
That means you've got me forever. And I've got you forever. And this is so important because it affects the way I live. You see, if I've got my ticket and heaven is secure, then following Jesus now becomes a little bit arbitrary. And throughout history and in the centuries, Christians have done and justified things that are completely unchristlike because their focus was not heaven now, it was heaven then. And when your focus is heaven then, what you do now seems to matter less. So Christians have endorsed slavery, wars, violence. Christians in Germany, the majority supported Hitler because we've got our ticket to heaven and therefore now doesn't matter. But when you flip that to being a Christian is about bringing heaven to earth now. Those decisions become more stark. Those decisions have more value. Those thoughts, those actions. Now, we can't just condemn them and judge them because we're not living when they lived. And we may well have done the very same things. How do we know that? Because they, they did it. But... We realize that in this day, if we get the gospel, if we understand the gospel right, that we're a community of salvation, and our role is to bring heaven to earth now, in whatever limited way we can, it changes everything. You see, discipleship, following Jesus is never done alone. It's never, you can't do it alone. It's done in community, in the kingdom community of the church, in the Christ community. Matthew chapter 16, um, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answer, some, some say you're the Christ, John the Baptist, etc. Um, and then he says to them directly, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says in Matthew 16, 17, 18, and look at this, see this, on this rock, Jesus being the Christ, the king in God's kingdom, I will build my church, a called out community, and the gates, the plans of hell will not stand against it. I've highlighted two words, Christ community. That's who we are. Can you see it? A Christ community. We're a city on a hill. You can't be a house on a hill. Well, you can, but you're just a house on a hill, but a city on a hill is that community. And our priority is that we see salvation. We see people following Jesus. And we see people added like they were in those early days to the church. In, and, they, and we follow Jesus together in discipleship in the community. And I just want to say, if you're on, online, you still need community. And we've got online pastors that you can connect with and you can chat with and who will pray for you. We've got online connect groups. You know, if you're living in somewhere that's not near our campuses. But we can only follow Jesus in community. This is the gospel. And that, that, that community must, that community together, our priority is to be saved, to be being saved, and to bring salvation, heaven, to our earth. So as I close and the band can come back, I want to just share three things to apply this message. Has this helped anybody today?
first thing is this. We must get the gospel right in order to live right. Our gospel is not just a ticket to heaven. That's what we were talking about in those common, common rooms. We thought we were talking about apples, but we were actually talking about bananas. Well, we were actually talking bananas, not just about bananas. We were talking bananas. You see, because if it's just a ticket, then how I live now doesn't matter. Because I'm saved. I'm safe. So I don't have to forgive. And I don't have to follow Jesus. But if being saved means your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, then how I live and pray and respond and give matters now. If I get the gospel right, I can live right. I can live in fellowship with other Christians. I can be fit for purpose. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit because bringing heaven to earth is a tall order. But I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I can serve. I can serve that community of believers, but I can serve somehow in our world in this moment. I just want to mention known, valued, loved because it's World Refugee Day. And of course, charity set up by Andy and Kirsty, our Derby pastors, they edu educate, provide education for children in war-torn areas in our world. And when I get the gospel right, I see that matters. Because that's the kingdom coming. Um, now, I'm just going to ask, if, if you're able, there's a big fundraising walk. Lots of people from Icon Church are doing it next week. If you can support in some way, please do, please do that. Because it matters. If I just got a ticket to heaven, I don't need to do anything. But if the kingdom coming, if I can, there's no pressure. But if I can, I'm just asking... Let's do something. We play our part in God's mission, in God's world. We care for the poor. We're interested in justice for the oppressed. We seek to love our neighbors. And if we get the gospel right, we live right. The second thing, how we apply this, we've got to share the good news as a priority. You know, Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority, verses 18 to 20, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. In other words, I'm the king in God's kingdom. All authority has been given to me. There's a new kingdom and there's a new king. Now you go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus says, go. Share the good news of the kingdom of God. And we can see it in that opening phrase, all authority has been given to me. Now go and tell, go and tell people the good news. The good news is an announcement that Jesus is Lord and you can follow him. It's an invitation, come and see, come and join in, come and find out. And this is our priority. And I just think one way that we can apply this across all of our campuses is that in September, we will be doing Alpha again in, across online, I think, across all our campuses. And so I want to ask you, start praying for people now. Start thinking about who you will invite to Alpha in September. I know it's a few months off, but you see, we're not just thinking, I've got my ticket 
we're actually thinking we want to see God's kingdom and love and kindness and joy and peace and rescue come into the lives of others too. So let's start praying now across all our campuses and let's see lots of people finding Jesus through Alpha. So we must share the good news. And then the last thing, continue to be saved. I, I, don't mishear me. I believe if you're a follower of Jesus today, you're saved. You've been rescued. You've been forgiven. Don't mishear that. that that's true. But you still need saving. Saving from the world. Saving from yourself. Saving from evil. Continue to be saved. You may be saved. That may be true of you today. But you need rescue. And maybe there's other areas where you need rescue in this moment. I'm going to pray for us right now. Maybe you need rescue from fear, from maybe desires, putting things before Jesus. Rescue from just conforming to the ways of the world, whatever it is. A, a parent said to me a few years ago, um, uh, let me get this right. They said, it's, I don't think it's fair that we ask our teenagers to live differently to their friends in the world. That's what the parents said. And I understand that. It's compassion. Because they, they, they felt perhaps it was too onerous. I said, I'm, we're not asking them to live different. We are running into a burning building and pulling them out. Can you catch that today? We're not asking them to live differently. Oh, yeah, that we do. We're actually running into a burning building because that building is on fire. It does not lead to human flourishing. It does not lead to the life that is truly life. And we're saying, come and see. Jesus is Lord. He's got his kingdom. There's something that's far better for you and for your friends and for your family. Jesus has got the life that is truly life. Maybe you need rescue today, or maybe there's somebody on your heart. I wonder, could we stand and could we pray together? Maybe there's something that you're facing, you're going through, you're experiencing in your life right now. I believe Jesus can bring it. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's an issue. I'm going to pray for the salvation, the kingdom of God. I'm going to ask, Holy Spirit, come, and Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right here in our lives, in Jesus name. Come on, church. Let's agree together. Let's pray together. And if you're at home, come on, just open your heart because God is going to do something right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you save us. I thank you that you rescue us. I thank you that that's not just a one-time thing, but you are the God of rescue. You are the Lord who rescues. You are the Lord that saves us. You are the Lord that lifts us. And I pray right now for every person Every person online, every person in each of our campuses today. Pray for every person in Derby as they're preparing in Sheffield, in Rotherham, in Stocksbridge. Every person in Chesterfield and every person connecting online. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And I pray for us together that we will see salvation is not just about me getting to heaven one day. But it's about us together as a community of people, bringing heaven to earth now. Up there, coming down here, right here, right now, 
in Jesus' name. So be healed if you're sick this morning in Jesus' name. Be set free from fear in Jesus' name. Your eyes and ears be opened to what God has for you in the name of Jesus. And all the church said, Amen. Come on, let's praise our God.